Warning, this podcast may contain graphic and triggering content. Please listen at your own risk. Each individual struggle is different and everyone's recovery and healing journey is different. Please reach out to a certified medical professional if you need help. Welcome to episode 15 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. This week's episode is part two of my conversation with Holly McCorston. If you didn't listen to part one, go back and listen to episode 14. Otherwise, enjoy our conversation on mental fitness and mental health. So with your, I guess, your perspective on mental illness, like, uh, I don't know how to phrase that. Um, with your belief that mental illness is not... Well, you don't like the label of a mental illness. Yeah, I just, I don't love that we call it, we call it mental illness and disease. And I'm like, what if it wasn't? What if it's really just a dysregulated nervous system yeah. so that nobody knows how at, to manage? How do you look at your own kind of journey with anxiety and depression? And Well, I mean, there's states that I experienced and got right. stuck in. Yeah. And, and maybe I was sick at the time, but it's another one of those things where sometimes on the identity level, like if I had gone to a doctor and a doctor had said, oh yes, absolutely, you're depressed and you're anxious and given me those titles to hang on to, I feel that would have been really limiting. And I do yeah. feel like, I feel it limits a lot of people. Yeah. Because yeah. then it's, well, I can't because of my anxiety, my depression. Right, and everyone's so, experiences are, and yeah, everyone's experiences are so different. Mm-hmm. Even under, I guess, the same label that you would yeah. give multiple people. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing. And I've got, um, there's another doctor. He's actually Canadian. His name's Dr. Russell Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a book called The Anxiety Rx um, because of his own experience with his anxiety mm-hmm. or like his experience with it. So I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it's, it's I don't think it's a disease. Right. I think it's just... A signal in the body that we're ignoring so and this is and this is the thing with even with anxiety if you if you can sit with it and stay with it instead of letting the story in your head exacerbate the alarm in your body then it actually does resolve and I do this with my coaching clients we often will take the negative emotion you know whether it's frustration resentment anxiety whatever and we and there's a couple different exercises. One of them is a state line. So you literally you're like, okay, um, like you get people to stand up and stand in the middle of this imaginary line and move one way or the other. So it's like, okay, if you're ten out of ten anxiety here, what happens when you walk away from it? I walk away from it, and and they'll actually be like, oh well, I'm getting lighter. Like things are letting go. So that's the somatics of it. Oh, I like that because you're actually moving your body, and then it also shows people they can shift. They don't need a pill. They don't need to run away. They don't need to give in to the like, cause, and and it's just like, well, what is it? What are the sensations? Like, let's get into the physiologic sensation of it rather than the story in your head of I'm going to die or I'm going to throw up or I'm going to whatever. Cause it just, Mm -hmm. again, they trigger each other. Um, and the same thing kind of like I was probably like, again, if I look back on it as, I mean, I was, I was always depressed as a kid. 
I had moments for sure. Like, you know, you, and this is also the thing when you say you're depressed, it's not 24 seven. Yeah. Most of yeah, the time. Exactly. Like there are still moments of like joy and whatever, but they're fleeting and they're hard to hang on to and you don't remember them mm-hmm. you, or you may not. So yeah. again, it's kind of a story. Um, and it, and I mean, because I work with the therapist and we work with somatics, a lot of it's just stuck energy. Like an emotion is energy in motion. So when you have all these great big emotions in your body as a kid and your parents don't have the ability to hold space for them, or you're told you're too much, you're too big, you're too loud, whatever, you know, stop crying. You just learn to shut them down and they get stuck in your body. Mm-hmm. And eventually they show up as physical symptoms. Again, right before I left pharmacy, I had one of my really good patients. He'd been diagnosed with heart failure. So I just, I asked him, I'm like, wow. how, a- how angry are you? And he's like, honey, I've been driving construction, like gravel truck through construction for the last two years. How angry do you think I am? And this is the thing, like our emotions affect our, our body system. So he, like, and I do truly believe this is why men, especially are often afflicted with heart conditions because they carry a lot of anger. Wow. And sometimes they express it, but do they express it fully and are they expressing it in an appropriate way? (laughs) And do they even realize that it's probably from when they were four and, you know, didn't get that toy at McDonald's and wanted to throw a tantrum and weren't allowed? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, let it out, scream, cry, yell, stomp your feet, whatever, transmute the energy, lots of like sounds like letting it out, just like humming, um, calming down the vagus nerve too. Cause if you're in constant state of like alarm, that polyvagal theory is fascinating. <laughs> so I don't, and I think it's very cool that there's so many practitioners and resources now that are like, mm, yeah, I don't think we're doing this right. I think we need to reevaluate things mm-hmm. a lot. Because I think if people were aware, uh, I think if more people were aware that they could regulate their own nervous system and calm themselves down and get themselves out of these hijacks and they didn't need to wait two years for like a psychologist to assess them, yeah. I think the world would be a lot different. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so and too. again, if it started in kindergarten with, with these tools, you wouldn't need to wait until you're 25 or 30 or whatever to um you know again I listen to your podcast you're like yeah I went to the psychologist and whatever and then I lied to them because I told them what they wanted to hear Mm -hmm. and then nobody questioned it and I just kept shaking it yeah yeah when you're living with something like that a big part of it is well at least when I was younger because there's so much stigma around it a big part of it was just hiding it from people so that they wouldn't know because then they would like think less of you or look down on you and so you you hide that side of yourself and yeah it's just, it just became a part of life and you just kind of automatically do it yeah and you don't know any different that's the thing about unconscious subconscious patterns mm-hmm. and pushing things down yeah is you don't even know they're doing them yeah exactly mm-hmm. and so now that I'm an adult like I'm still <laughs> learning how to not, yeah. not suppress everything yeah. <laughs> and yeah. all the emotions and everything yeah yeah I'm part of this meditation group and we actually we talk about this kind of stuff a lot and how your own vulnerability can feel really uncomfortable mm-hmm. but in but in being able to push through your own discomfort to share like hey I need 
help or I need someone to listen to me or I need someone to talk to or can I share this with you? You may in a way actually be doing a service to the person that could could be listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Because people, I think, innately do all want to help. They just don't know how. <laughs> or, or again, it's like if we wait until we're so full of pain and energy that we blow up, of course people don't know how to hold space for that. Yeah. Especially when it's like when there's no permission, there's no process, there's, you know, they're in the middle of something, which is why I think also a lot of relationships break down because it's like yeah. we don't actually create intentional space to like communicate with each other. Yeah. I know a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just feel like I've talked your ear off. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you've done all this work on yourself and you're kind of in this completely different mindset or point in your life, do you still get like feelings of anxiety and depression or is that something that you've kind of I don't know if you call it like recovered from I definitely still have a lot of energy stuck in my body which Mm -hmm. comes out as what some people may call anxiety um I so so in in my my language of positive intelligence um I have what's called a, a restless saboteur and the restless mm-hmm. saboteur is the one that likes to keep busy and doing things and whatnot. So yeah. I notice when my experience of anxiety comes in, I get lots of like, it almost feels like fire underneath my skin. It's just really tingly and prickly and it feels like I just need to move. Mm-hmm. So again, the physiologic sensation would just be to move my body. And then the brain comes in and tries to protect that. And it's like, okay, we're going to do this thing. And we're going to do that thing. And we're going to read that book. And, we're gonna... and then you're like, so my awareness of it now is like, okay, can I just like stay with the buzzing? Can I stay with the fire and just like shake it out, move mm-hmm. it, whatever? Um, I mean, so absolutely. This, and this is one of the things is that it, these experiences never go away because they're signals. Right. But when the signal comes in, I know how to be more aware of it and what to do with it, which doesn't mean I do it perfectly. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean I do it all the time. But yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I'm not going to pretend to be perfect. And I think that there's a lot of value in sharing that too, because I don't think anybody is ever on the other side. I think it's always a process. Like it's a practice. It's a mental fitness practice. You're always strengthening and changing your neural pathways so that you can respond more appropriately in the moment rather than going back to the pattern of reaction, which would be like busy, 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 Mm -hmm. or um, trying to control the situation or any of those patterns that just come in and try and protect you. Right. So, right. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And the urge to run away. That's a big one too. Yeah. You know, when something <laughs> happens, it's like out of my control or I don't like it. I'm just like, I instantly become three and I'm like, fine, go into my room. <laughs> and it's like, but I have that awareness of like, Ooh, my inner three-year-old is throwing a temper tantrum. And can I, as the adult, like not let that part of me take me over. Mm-hmm. Can I hold space yeah. for the part that wants to throw a temper tantrum and be like, oh, there's part of me that was really hurt by being disregarded or whatever and not disregard that part anymore and also like get out of the story in my head that, you know, my partner doesn't care about me or my family doesn't care about me or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I like the idea of just holding space for your emotions and your feelings and I never really thought about that before, but I like that. 
Yeah, just about any just about any time you're being irrational and not making sense. It's not you. It's a young. It's a much, 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 much younger part of you mm-hmm. that just didn't get the attention mm-hmm. it needed when it needed it, and it's trying to get your attention now. <laughs> so if you just actually give it, then again, it lets that energy move, mm-hmm. and then that emotion's no longer stuck, and then it may not even be a trigger anymore. You're no longer going to have three-year-old temper tantrums because they're, they're, they've been processed. Wow. I like that. So, okay, so you're a mental fitness trainer. Um, I think, I mean, I've never heard of mental fitness before. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Can you just, like, explain what that is or what that means? Yeah, it's, it's literally just a, a, a practice of training your own brain to, to change itself. Um, the definition that positive intelligence uses is that it's really a measure of how quickly you can shift from a negative to positive emotion, like in a mm-hmm. moment of, of stress or, or, um, you know, a circumstance. Mm-hmm. So when your when your mental muscle, if you, if you think of it this way, if you go to the gym and you walk into the gym, you probably, if you've never, especially if you've never been to the gym before, you probably can't like walk over to the, the squat rack and like deadlift 400 pounds. You just probably can't do that. Yeah. So when you go to the gym, you have to go in and pick up something that you know you can lift and you have to do it over and over and over again to build your muscles up and then you level up, you pick up something heavier. So with mental fitness, it's the same kind of idea. So you're starting with small things like you're not if, if you if you want to strangle your mother-in-law every time you see her you don't start with that relationship you start with uh you know oh I'm really annoyed by the dirty dishes in the sink or you know I hate when my kids don't pick up their toys or, or whatever you start with little things mm-hmm. that you're probably judging like the, the first saboteur we always work on is the judge everybody has a judge the judge is always either judging yourself other people or your circumstances all the time 24 7 it's the little inner critic so it's it's the voice that like when you're walking down the street that says oh that guy parked like a jerk (laughs) but it's not really your business how that guy parked are you going to do anything about it yeah it's it's kind of that so then you're just like oh I noticed that my judge is judging that guy's park job and I can just go you know I can windshield wipe it away or I can just go that's so interesting that's so interesting I had that thought because your judge can also come in again and be like you dickwad why are you judging that guy's parking and then it perpetuates the neural pathway that keeps going that direction but if you just go "Hmm, that's so interesting that I had that thought and you bring yourself to your body it might even be as simple as oh I notice my feet and my shoes like I'm gonna wiggle my toes and then I'm just gonna keep walking and I'm just gonna let it go and that's it Mm -hmm. Over and over and over and over and over and over. So at the beginning of a mental fitness practice, if you're only doing that, if you're only noticing your thoughts, you know, observing them, and then shifting to like, a hundred times a day. Oh, wow. Which is only like 15 minutes. It sounds like a lot, but it's not. (laughs) No, it's it's not. And, and, And it's things you can incorporate into your everyday life. Like, um, when you wake up in the morning, as soon as your 
brain kicks in and goes into hyperdrive of your to-do list. You know, can you take three deep breaths Mm -hmm. and notice them? Can you feel your breath going in, your breath going out, breath going in? Can you notice like the texture of the pillowcase against your ear? Can you hear the birds chirping and then get out of bed Mm -hmm. with a little bit quieter mind? Can you feel your feet on the floor as you walk to the bathroom? Can you really hear the sound of yourself going to the bathroom? Like all of those things and just be really present with with your day but if I mean again if people have never done it before they've never heard it put this way because if you just go oh well just be present in the moment people are like what does that even mean I don't understand well yeah exactly people say that a lot but but Mm -hmm. people don't really know what that means so it's it's just one of those things where okay do a pq rep is right I can rub my two fingers together with such focus and attention on the sensations that I can feel the fingertip ridges and people love this one. Oh, that is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, oh, my partner just came in and said something snotty. And I feel like saying something snotty back. But instead, I'm going to just take a breath, rub my fingers together for a couple minutes. Not a couple minutes, but like even a couple seconds. And I'm going to choose to respond differently. I'm going to choose to either ignore it or I'm going to choose to say, you know, hey, that hurt my feelings. Yeah. What did you mean by that? I'm going to choose a different path. And if you're actually choosing a different pathway in your brain, every time you do that, and the more you choose the new way, the less the old way will be the default. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it's totally like a practice. It's not something you do for a weekend or a couple months and then quit going. It's the same as if you go to the, real gym and and get your muscles all pumped up and then quit going chances are they'll atrophy so same Mm -hmm. thing if you stop doing your mental fitness practices and you stop seeing the benefits of them you'll you'll go the way that you put your attention on right so and and that's another big part of it is we, we teach the sage perspective versus the saboteur perspective so if you're always focusing on the negative you're going to notice the negative you're going to see patterns that go that way versus if you're looking for the good or the gift or the benefit or the potential gift in it then that's what you'll find well yeah that's the thing like it seems so simple um to do something like that like for 10 seconds and just kind of reset everything that yeah it's almost like okay that's kind of too easy like how is that gonna change my way of thinking but it makes so much sense. Yeah, and and like so, positive intelligence. They do have an app. Like they have a program. You can go to their website. You can pay a thousand U.S. dollars to do it, or you can work with a coach that that works with them. We have access to the app as well, um, and they have like a program that that where they have a what's called actually they have what's called a PQ gym where we do guided sessions of just those. Like we do, uh, you know rub your two fingers together with such attention you can feel your fingertip bridges and, and rubbing all of your fingers together with such attention and like mm-hmm. the palms and just getting into all those sensations and then guiding hearing visual I love to do I actually just put two videos up on YouTube yesterday that might be a good example for for this I did a five minute one and a 12 minute one but I like to do mine with my coffee oh so if you're drinking a coffee or a tea in the morning anyway, you can actually just spend a lot more attention mm-hmm. and not necessarily time with it, but more attention. So it's like 
holding the cup, feeling the cup, feeling the sensation in your hands. You know, I like to put it under my chin and feel the steam on my face and then like move the cup away and notice the change in the temperature and then like sip it. And it's like game changing. And it's also not meditation. You know, so you say the word meditation to some people and they're like, mm, I, I don't do it. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. And I was, I was one of those people. I was absolutely one of those people, 23 years old, you know, super successful, high achieving student, whatever. And I was like, I can't do yoga. I can't meditate. My brain's too busy. That's what, that was the excuse. Yeah. Not realizing that like the intention of them is to slow your brain down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people, when they have that active mind, um, they think about meditation as being where you kind of like shut off your mind. And I think for a lot of people, including myself, that's something that I just like, I can't do. But when you change it into this kind of like paying attention to all the different details and like different senses and actually using your brain to focus on something in particular, then you slow down, but you're still using your brain without shutting it off. And I like that, that way of thinking about it instead. Yeah, it's self. That's the self command muscle. It's going. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about the guys parking, and now I'm noticing my feet, and now I'm not thinking about the parking. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just like you have more capacity as well, because you're because you're not attaching to every single thought, because you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Not every single thought is true or valid or necessary. Right. It's just there. And and we say that we're like we don't expect your mind to shut down. Now, if I asked you the question what's your next thought going to be? Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) It shuts your brain right off. Yeah. (laughs) Cause you're putting, cause you're putting your attention on it. It's like, what is my next thought going to be? And then as soon as you kind of shift your focus again, they'll probably start coming in. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. It's out of your control. Yeah. Wow. That was good. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that. I I can't credit that. I don't know who that was from, but (laughs) Oh my God. That's the other thing. Out of all the stuff that we say and all the stuff we teach, like most of it's not really original. So I'm yeah. totally a combination of, you know, Nicola Perra and Shazad Shamin and all, all of the other coaches and trainers I've worked with. And I've, you know, my, and then my own experience that it just mm. comes out like this. So, yeah. how did you discover uh, the concept of mental fitness in the first place? Well, because I was in coach, because I was a coach. Shrizad Shamin actually, so he's the the founder CEO of Positive Intelligence. He has actually created a multi million dollar coaching grant for coaches to take his thousand dollar program for free. So because he believes in it so much that he and he believes that coaches require it, like it's the X factor in the coaching business. Like I was yeah. saying, like I can get people great insight, but three months later they're back to the way they were. And that's not what I want for people. Right. I want them to be able to do this work on their own and know that they don't need me. Cause that's what I didn't like about the healthcare system. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't want people to have to rely on something outside of themselves to feel better. I want them to have this that inner wisdom and they can trust themselves. So he did put out this multi-million dollar coaching grant. I, I think I saw it posted in a, on social media somewhere. And part of it as well is he, we have to go through it together as a group. So you can't go through it alone. You have to also invite three or four friends. So I invited several 
colleagues that I went to coaching school with. We went through it together last summer and then the company had an invitation to uh, purchase training from them and then get access to these resources for our own clients. And again, I, th I thought it was, I like it totally changed my perspective on how I was able to help people and what I would be able to help them with. And it's a lot more tangible because I literally enroll people into this six week boot camp that has additional training that the company's already put together. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. And then with my clients, we still get together and we discuss the material. You know, we, we talk about what's going on with them, how this is affecting them, uh, what kind of changes they need to make in their lives, what kind of changes they're already seeing. Because again, we're not very good mirrors for ourselves because yeah. we have blind spots yeah. and that subconscious and unconscious and we don't see things. So I do work with groups. So we actually get together in groups and it's, I mean, it's so beautiful. I didn't realize how beautiful it was going to be to just see people come together and support each other and, and the vulnerability and the shares. Uh, again, like when people think they're the only ones that are having the struggles and then they have the, the bravery to really speak up and, and share their experiences, it's so beneficial to the other participants because they maybe had experienced something similar or they, even if they hadn't, now they have that you know, they've been exposed to it. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh yeah, okay. Maybe I haven't had that experience, but it's interesting to know what goes on in other people's heads. Mm -hmm. So to see them supporting each other and learning the material and growing together. And a lot of them have had, you know, some really catastrophic things happen while we've been in the program together. So I think an instinct for a lot of people is just to quit, right? It's like, oh, well, how yeah. can I keep doing this training or this program or whatever? But I've really admired the way they continue to show up because they know that, oh, this is actually what's going to be going to, this is what's going to get me through it. Mm -hmm. Not the way I was before. So it's been really great. And then, um, yeah, with my one-to-one -one clients, we do the boot camp together for the first six weeks, again, kind of reiterating the material and, and, asking how it applies to them and what they're seeing in themselves and their growth. And then we continue like they, there's more of an extended period. So it's like then building their confidence again and how they can apply these skills, tools and abilities and like actually move forward. Right. So it's pretty, pretty good stuff. So when you're working with clients um, and doing your mental fitness training and all of that, is it always one-on-one um, -on -one sessions with somebody or what does that kind of look like? Uh, well, I, I work with both. I work with groups and I work one-on-one. -on -one. So, oh, okay. um, so I do like a Zoom session Monday nights with my group and then my one-to-one -one clients, I usually just get on the phone or Zoom with them depending on what they're comfortable with. I have done some in-person work as well. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the, the mental fitness training is done actually just on their own because it's like it's app based. So there's a one hour video training to watch and then they have um, prompts that come up throughout the day, like little two minute audio challenges and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then we're always encouraging people to get these PQ reps in and, um, and then reflecting. So, I mean, it's, it's work. This is the other thing. I mean, my program's called be your own hero because I saw myself wanting someone else to come in and rescue me. I saw other people just waiting for permission. 
yeah. these women yeah. not looking after themselves, putting everyone else before them. And again, the story that I had was, well, I should have no reason to be like this. You know, I'm single, I've got a beautiful home and a, a nice job and I get to travel. And, but I was, I was, I was putting my job ahead of me. I was putting my patients ahead of me. I was putting my family, like my, uh, sister and mom and those guys, like everybody. So, so, and you don't even realize you're doing it because you're like, well, I'm just, you know, who am I mm-hmm. to state my needs or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So yeah, we do a lot of work on, on that, you know, learning how to say no and boundaries and, um, and using what they're learning with the mental fitness. Cause it all, like, it's all applicable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one system so that you're not always like, Oh, I need this book or I need that book or I need this doctor. Or I need this process or I need this or I need that. It's like, no, no, no. You just need your own wisdom. Like, great. Come back to yourself. <laughs> Do you work with just women or are you open to everyone? I was originally uh, planning on working really with whoever needed help, but I have found as a rule women seem to be who were coming into my circle. Mm-hmm. So I do have a soft spot in my heart for women because I am one. And I do have a lot of interest in healing kind of like the mother child type okay. type bonds yeah. as yeah. well. And I think women are going to change the world. So I think the more women mm-hmm. are, yeah. are healed and looking after themselves and quit sacrificing themselves to everyone else around them. I think that's going to be game changing in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, There are lots of men doing this work. There are lots of men working with positive intelligence, like the coach that the CEO coach that's doing the whole program. He's a gentleman and he works primarily with like business CEOs. Oh, wow. But, but they, but they had such profound, they were having such profound impact on the clients that they, that's one of the reasons too, that they've, they've got this grant extended out to other coaches. Cause they're like, this is like, it's life-changing. Wow. And, and, and the CEOs weren't seeing the, the biggest impact at work. They were seeing it at home with their wives and their children yeah. and their own families and um, you know, how they started looking after themselves more and all of those, those things. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so technically like I've, um, and this is the thing too about, small business and coaching is because I'm only one person we only have so much capacity so I have narrowed it down to working with like professional entrepreneurial women that are secretly struggling with stress and anxiety so that they can overcome the guilt and shame that's actually keeping them from being their own hero and Mm -hmm. looking after themselves Mm -hmm. Um, oh I like that mm -hmm. that's kind of the big culmination of, of all of it and uh I'm playing with some of it too. So it's like, are they successful women? Cause I'm like, I don't know if a lot of us when we're struggling think we're successful, even though maybe it looks like it to everyone else. Right. Right. So it's hard to find the right language, but. Mm-hmm. I know we kind of, we kind of touched on it earlier, but um, about teaching these concepts in school and getting like children started earlier instead of, trying to make up for everything later on um so you wouldn't do any work with like teenagers or younger people would you I actually probably will be working with teenagers um my hometown that I still have property in is struggling for sure Mm -hmm. 
And I know, I know that because in my work as a pharmacist, I did lots of work in contraceptives. So I ended up with lots of young women private in my office and we didn't talk about birth control. We talked about anxiety. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I really see a place for this to come in earlier. The barrier that I see with the younger children often is how important it is for their parents to be doing this work. Right. Because I did, I, I did see that dynamic in the pharmacy as well, where I would see parents come in, tell me their children were struggling, wanted some help for them. And then I mm-hmm. would offer to get on the phone with the, the teenager and the teenager would be a lot more honest with me, I think, than they were with their parent because the parent was bringing the energy of, well, my child is the problem. My child needs to fix themselves yeah. or my child needs help. And they weren't necessarily willing to look at their own lack of vulnerability or... Mm-hmm you know, take responsibility for what could potentially be, you know, imperfect parenting, because nobody wants to be the imperfect parent. So I did have a a family approach me and ask if I would work with their daughter. And I said, the only way I would work with the daughter is if I worked with the whole family and they they declined in the end. Um, So I do see definitely some value in maybe doing an after school program or something for these young women. Because, and I mean, again, I went to school there. I know what it was like to go to school there. I knew what it was like to want to never have to go back there again because lots of things. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I definitely think too, I, I don't know how healthy it is to put the responsibility of the change on, on the teen or the child without the parents, um, because the, because the work we do and, and you'll hear this probably from anyone that does a lot of personal development is the work we do on ourselves is contagious because then we're able to hold space. We're able to regulate our own emotions. And when we can stay regulated, it helps other people stay regulated. Mm-hmm. So a regulated parent is going to have a much more regulated child. Right. Okay. Can you, for the listeners, can you give them like one little mental fitness tip or something that they can do um to just kind of I guess experience um a little bit of what your coaching can do for people the easiest thing would be to share my videos I just put up on YouTube probably but if somebody was looking for something they wanted to do just on their own it's it's really just starting to notice it's like Mm -hmm. Am I, what am I experiencing? Am I feeling closed, constricted, you know, frustrated, angry, anything that just makes you feel kind of shut down or icky or anxious or, or like you want to pull away from yourself and just stop, literally just yeah. be like, oh, oh, and, and observe it. Just look at it, feel it because that in itself shifts you over to that other part of your brain and your body that's much more wise it's like it's because you're getting curious about it instead of giving into it yeah and yeah it's just noticing noticing how often are you judging yourself somebody else what's going on Uh, one question that I love too is whose business is this is my business someone else's business or the Mm -hmm. universe's business Mm -hmm. because if it's not yours get out of it. (laughs) And a big one is other people's opinions are none of our business. And often our opinion is none of other people's business, but we give them away so freely. Oh, that is true. That is very true. 
Mm -hmm. So, and, and this is the thing is in questioning your own thinking, it doesn't always have to be bad. Sometimes it can just be, you know, is this useful? Is this helpful? What does saying this thing, what does saying this thing help? Yeah. You know, what am I hoping to get yeah. out of this? And, and then it just slows things down. And then you can kind of, again, you can kind of windshield wipe things away. Like, oh, that actually doesn't matter. Oh, why was I bothered by that? Mm -hmm. Oh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, like I used to drop, I used to be the clutziest person in the world and I would drop stuff all the time at work and I'd get mad. You know, when you drop something, you're like, ah, idiot. So I just went to work one day and I was like, you know what? How can I change that? So when I dropped something, I was like, Thank gravity. How awful would it be to be trying to count pills right now if they were floating around in space? And it totally changed everything. Wow. Because I got curious about it. Yeah. So can you be curious in the moment instead of anxious, frustrated, angry, whatever? Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, I'm going to try yeah. this. Yeah. Just get curious about everything. It's a sage emotion. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Okay. Do you have a name for your business or is it just? I just use my name. It's just Holly McCorson coaching <laughs> and mental fitness training right now. Uh, just cause it's beginning stages. I just, my website is yeah. just hollymccorson.com and yeah. And, and then the program I run is be your own hero. I like that name. Is your YouTube channel the same as well? The YouTube, the YouTube channel's brand, brand new. Uh, probably the best place to find those videos right now is going to be just on my website. They'll be linked on there. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, under resources. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I have, I think I have five mental fitness tips for stress and anxiety on my website that can be downloaded as well. So. Okay, I'm going to ask you one last question that I like to ask, like, everybody. Um. Is there a stigma or a misconception surrounding mental health that bothers you the most or that you hear most often but isn't true? A stigma that bothers me that isn't true. I think the number one thing is just the lie that we tell ourselves that I'm the only one experiencing this. Oh, that's huge. And that's the, that's the lie of the judge. The judge is coming in. Mm -hmm. That saboteur, which again, isn't you, it's just a program, it's just a pattern, just comes in and it says, I'm the only one experiencing this, I'm so alone. And yeah. then, you know, how, why would I share it? Yeah. Um, Brene Brown has a lot of work on that, on the shame and how yeah. can't survive the light. But I do a lot of, lot of work with, with guilt and shame with my clients. So. Yeah, I definitely experienced that when I was younger. But I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that nobody else was talking about it. And so you never heard about other people struggling with the same things as you. Mm -hmm. And so then you do feel alone, even though you're not really. Yeah. On the flip side of that, now that more people are talking about it, I love that we're talking about it, but I, I don't love that we're letting people stay in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's where I love that this is like coaching and mental fitness is also all about moving forward. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, you're, it's a fine if you have the feeling and it's fine if you experience it, but it's not okay if you stay in it. Yeah. But you're also, you, you also make the choice to let yourself stay in that position mm -hmm. or in that kind of state of mind. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and, and keeping in mind, the longer you let yourself stay in it, the more it reinforces the neural pathways that go that way. Yeah. So again, I think if people were equipped with that information, if they were like, oh, even if I just, you know, twice a day chose to go a different way, it wouldn't be. True, so true. The pathway wouldn't be so worn. Well, and that's the hardest part is is uh, finding those skills or, or learning those skills, right? Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Well, I love the work that you're doing. This sounds like this sounds amazing. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, really, really rewarding for sure. Having a client come to you and say, you know, I didn't know it could be this good is, I I feel like I'd never have to work again. And and (laughs) I didn't get that at the pharmacy. You know, I just had the same people come back month after month with the same problems and didn't seem to be getting any better. So, Mm -hmm. well, that is all the questions that I had for you. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to, to touch on? I don't think so. I think I definitely <laughs> said, uh, just about everything that I've got. <laughs> no, there's lots more, but yeah, I just, I, I really do. I dream of a world where everyone has access to these mental fitness tools so that yeah. they can empower themselves and have access to their own inner wisdom. Mm-hmm. More people, more people need to stop giving away their power to the experts outside of themselves and they need yeah. to come back to themselves. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, if uh, people want to reach out to you, um, ask you more questions or anything like that, where what's the best way for them to do that? Best way is going to be through my website, just hollymccorston.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram a lot, uh, which is Holly dot McCorriston and it's M-C-C-O-R-R-I-S-T-O-N it's a long name perfect parents (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's probably the best way I'm on Facebook too but not as much Mm -hmm. perfect Mm -hmm. well I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat with me this was this was so enlightening for me even like I'm gonna I'm going to try out your tips and uh-huh. yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Good. Well, you. I'm going to be starting another group program in May. So I'll keep you posted mm-hmm. on the dates. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at Stomp the Stigma YYC. And you can email me at Stomp the Stigma YYC at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can stomp the stigma.